Welcome to our special 20th anniversary edition of Best Of for the Armstrong and Getty Show. It actually was 20 years ago today that we started this little radio program. We were much younger men then. Oh, I hate to Lord. think about that. Yeah. The worst part, really the only downside of being on the air for 20 years is being 20 years older. Our only goal was to get a few months worth of audition tapes and get the hell out. Yeah, we signed on for a really low amount of pay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like starvation wages. Like squeeze you pay. Yeah, like hunting rats in the alley and eating them pay. Anyway, we've put together, well, Michael's put together some of the best stuff that's happened over the last 20 years. I'm looking forward to Joe's Notary and Goldfish. Yeah, kind of an interesting juxtaposition there with your announcement about your diagnosis uh, with cancer. But then one of the most bizarre things that's ever happened in my home, uh, I will tell you the story about that. Yeah. It involved my late, great goldfish, Erica. This is going to be a fun show today, so we've put together some of the most entertaining or most asked about clips. Or embarrassing. Over over the last 20 years of the Armstrong and Getty show, and then, uh, you know, on Monday we'll come back and hopefully start another 20 years of the Armstrong and Getty show. Lose your eyes, Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. Welcome to the show. Yes, indeed. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a lot of good stuff to come, including a shocking scene in an Oakland, California restaurant. Uh-oh. Which a tearful woman burst in and told a tale of woe that brought many diners to tears. And an actual uh, person in the know who's going to say this whole Ebola scare is being overblown by fear mongers. Speaking of fear mongering. I got some of the results of my biopsy yesterday. I have a, some sort of lymphoma, mm. which is cancer. Mm-hmm. I have cancer. And um, I don't know what I got yet. There's 60 different kinds. Ugh. So they sent it out to some other lab to try to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to nail on that. I almost certainly, almost positively don't have one of your big four or five cancers that are going to kill you. Yeah. I, I know I don't have liver I know I don't have pancreas. Mm-hmm. I know I don't have lung, and I know I don't have esophageal. That those are the those are the bad ones. Those are some nasty ones. You there. get those ones, you're almost certainly going to die. But there are sixty kinds of lymphoma. There are a hundred plus kinds of cancer in general. Wow! And almost all of them are pretty treatable, and you're pr- almost certainly going to live. Mm. And I, I I I don't understand. It's interesting to me that in the year 2014, there is still such an ongoing. Uh, fear of cancer. I understand why 50 years ago people mm-hmm. whispered about it because whatever kind of cancer you got, you were going to die soon or you're going you're to die from it and it was going to be miserable. Right. No matter what it was. I still but don't that, quite get why people whispered about it the way they did, but eh, I, wasn't the, I wasn't around that. I mean, me neither. But people still do. People, people still do. It's, a, it's interesting to me how people have reacted since I've been telling people that I've got, that I've got cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's almost always people who, it's people who haven't had cancer or cancered somebody close to them that seem to react the worst. People yeah. that have are aware that, oh yeah, there's a whole bunch of different kind of cancers and a lot of them are, you're fine. Like I <clears throat> thought for a while that I had testicular cancer, which I was hoping for because that's at the second to bottom of the list of the, 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 the least deadly cancers. If you have testicular cancer, you've got a 99% chance you're going to be alive in five years. With mm-hmm. prostate, it's like 99.9% chance you're going to. So a lot of cancers, it's just, it's going to be, you're going to have to get, you know, various treatments. And it's not going to be pleasant. It's not something you look forward to right. or are happy about. But it's not, 
oh my God, you're going to die. But I, there, there are some people that react that way to cancer. I remember um, when Bob Schieffer got cancer five, six years ago, and his whole point was, we've got to get over this whole the big C thing. It's not the big C. There are a couple of big Cs. Lung is the big C. Pancreas is the big C, a couple mm-hmm. of them. But the rest of them are just medium-sized C. And you should react the same way. Somebody, If if you come in here and say, I've got high blood pressure, well, then we're in about the same boat. you got something you got to deal with that could kill you. I'd but actually rather, I'd rather have people shuff around embarrassed and, and give me gifts, since I do have oh, the hypertension. I am, I am going to work it to my advantage. If at any point it will seem to be to my advantage to say, uh, you're yelling at a man with cancer. That's, I just, will, that's just smart. I will say that. Absolutely. I'm not. I'm not above. You've that. been dealt the card. Yeah, you're going to play the card. Exactly. All right then. But but most of even even breast cancer, seventy five, eighty percent of people um uh, are going to survive breast cancer in the five to ten year period. So, which is a big number unless you're in that lottery. Well, I realize. Yeah, yeah. that's you know. But it's it's. I have four cards here. Pick right. one. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And I might be in the. I might be in that group myself. In that. 75, 80%. I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not death sentence. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Well. And the other, here's another interesting thing about the treatment, which is generally chemotherapy of some sort. Now, in my mind, I only knew chemotherapy through television and movies, and it looked pretty unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard some bad stories. I tell my parents about it, and my mom's, oh, yeah, most of the people we know have had chemotherapy. And chemotherapy in the year 2014, most of the people who have, that she knows who have had chemotherapy, everything was fine. They didn't get sick. They didn't have any problems with it. Mm-hmm. It was just the thing. You just go, you do your thing, you, you, and you're, you're back to your regular life. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that way even 10 years ago. But it has changed that much in just the last few years. So mm. talking to people who have been through this sort of thing has been a lot more helpful. Boy, and don't go on the Internet when you've got anything. Oh, jeez. If you've got anything wrong with you, do not go on the Internet. Including like an itch <laughs> well, or a stiffness in your finger. Not only do you have the people who overblow things, but just, just timeline-wise, like I said, everything is so much better now than it was in 2004. Mm. So just a lot of the stuff that's on the Internet is just old. Well, and it's just out of re- date. remarked many times, nobody cleans out the Internet. They got to do that someday. Yeah. At some point, they're going to have to. We're gonna, it's like when you clean the fridge at work. Mm. Monday, we're cleaning out all the old food. In the fr- they're going to have to do that at the Internet. Get what you want from the Internet because we're cleaning out all the old stuff this weekend. Friday, we're throwing out everything pre-2009. If you want the fatty Arbuckle story, print it. Because we're getting rid of it. Because you can find a forum with people talking about how awful chemotherapy is from 2002 that doesn't have anything to do with 2014. Right. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 So when do you uh, when do you reckon you're going to get the witch of the uh, many dozens of... Uh, soon, I hope. Yeah. Soon, I hope. It's, ama- it's surprising to me how long it's taking. Luckily, I got, I got it. My family practitioner doctor has been very, very helpful for this whole thing. He's even let me have his cell phone number, and I'm texting him, and calling. he's calling me at night and stuff like that. So I got somebody to talk to because I don't. Sometimes I talk to some of these other doctors. I got another doc, a number of doctors I'm talking to, and I don't have any idea what they're talking about. I don't even know the questions to ask to try to get more information from them because right. I just don't understand what they're saying. So I call my doctor friend and say, they said this. What does that sound like to you? Oh, oh he meant that. Uh, yeah, okay. So luckily I've got an interpreter. Oh, yeah, it's just so advanced, and they know so much, and they're such mm-hmm. scientists. So um, are you willing to, uh, you know, the brief text conversation we had without naming any names? Are you willing to share that uh Little thing, or uh, I think you should. I ha- I have, Michael. <laughs> you always st- stop it. 
<laughs> Michael always encourages a if story said, that could yeah, hurt feelings or cause a problem. Funny, funny story. It's going to end my marriage. I don't know if I should tell it. Michael be, oh, yeah, you should tell it. I have had two instances through this whole thing where, um, like, getting the biopsy schedule. And once you... Once you get the first phone call where they say, you've got some sort of cancer, we don't know what it is, you've got to get a biopsy. Yes. From that point on, uh, you really can't stop thinking about it, or at least I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. And it's amazing the glacial pace at which things have been going since oh, yes. then. And I'd imagine you're feeling more than a little urgency. All right. So I'm feeling like, okay, let's get in for the biopsy this afternoon. Let's get the results tonight. Right. Uh, and then figure out what the cure is and then start it tomorrow morning. But mm. that was, I got the first call Two and a half weeks ago, right? And uh, as my doctor I was talking to last night, he said it. He said the, the he said I didn't think it would take this long, but he said the waiting, you know, is really really hard, and that emotional stuff can be very very difficult. It's hard on my wife, and but um, for scheduling the biopsy, uh, uh, I get a, I, I'm told that somebody will call you to schedule the biopsy. No phone call, no phone call. Days go by. Finally, my wife calls. Um, uh, she does the old routine, whereas she asks for somebody's name. I'd like to know what your name is just so I can check back later and, uh, you know, smart and know who it was that said somebody would be calling. I get a call two minutes later to schedule my biopsy. So the difference between scheduling it and not scheduling it was my wife putting a little pressure on somebody, which is a little troubling. Mm. And then, uh, results from the biopsy. I, I said, how long will it take? They said less than a week, but so days go by. This was last Wednesday when I did the biopsy. And days go by, and so uh, still nothing yesterday. I call and say, um, uh, have you heard anything back? Oh, we were just about to call you. Yeah. I got that mm. routine. Which is exactly what we get from our agent. Or we, <laughs> u- we used to. You know, so, That's an agent thing. Oh, yeah, I was just going just gonna to reach out to you. Oh, things are going great. But if you've ever heard the whole thing where you got to be proactive and have an advocate, that is absolutely true. And I suppose, you know, it's because they're snowed under. Every person who's dealing with stuff thinks it's the most important thing in the world to them. So if you're if you're if you're working at a desk and you got a stack of a thousand people, all one thousand of those people are desperately waiting for the information right away. Mm. You can't. I suppose you can't feel like that all, and you can't get it. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But. Well, so but I just I, you know I wondered to myself. So if I hadn't called, when would you get around to telling me? <laughs> yeah. You know, calling me. So uh, you've got your your deal going, uh, Marshall. Is uh, would you say you beat prostate cancer? You're certainly. Uh, I'm more than five years out, and uh, my cancer, for all intents and purposes, has vanished. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had brachytherapy, little radiation pellets, and uh, achy brachytherapy. Yeah, and it <laughs> not not achy anymore. But I, I too, you got to be proactive. You got to stay on top of things. It's good you also have your wife to you know help you out too. Oh my! It, but I don't feel the greatest. Is part of the problem yeah. and it's yeah. uh, my wife is doing it's been it's been harder on her than it has been on me because she's doing the whole taking care of little kids and running a household thing while well, i'm not doing near as much of it you breaking her toe didn't help that yeah either. and then she broke no, her toe right. whoa, 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 whoa. that was odd the way you phrased that yeah. oh was that weird <laughs> was that weird yeah that was a little weird Boy, um, well i'm hoping the they can uh Help the discomfort of the thing pretty quick, and yeah. Uh, well, once the yeah shrink that uh, yeah, son of a gun. Once, the, once that gets started, they said I might start feeling better immediately. So I'm really oh, looking forward to when we start that whole process. What are you so, starting? I'm sorry, I missed that part. Of I the... don't know yet. Oh, I still don't even know what call I have. Back. Oh, yeah. oh, I still don't even really know what kind of cancer I have. We're still we're still waiting for that to uh, unfold. So it's some sort of one of the sixty lymphomas that exist. Okay. Well, what I was going to ask you guys would it be in bad taste if somebody asked me how I'm doing. I say you know I got the big C. 
because I've got constipation right now. I've got a bit of an issue. Would that be, is that not the, not the, no? I would that's, say. That's a lowercase c, I mean, Joe. because it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I would say lowercase c. Yeah, and absolutely just, right. Spend all day thinking about when, when. <laughs> oh, I was, I've been reading this book called, uh, it's called The Big C, Sometimes Even Cowards Get Cancer. It was written by a British journalist in the 90s. He, uh-huh. had a, he had a weekly column in the Daily Telegraph, and he got cancer, and he just started writing his weekly column about it, and then he made a book out of it, and the whole country was following him along and everything like mm. that. And he's really interesting. He's a funny writer and really interesting. But one of the things that he talks about is he was a, he was a hypochondriac for one thing, but how he was talking about how he used to complain about colds and bitch about colds. And after he got cancer, he was wondering, if I, once I get past the cancer, will I go back to being a guy who bitches about colds the same way or will I stop? He said, because I would think I would stop, but I wonder if I'll just go back to That's continuing funny. to bitch about colds the same way. And I wonder the same thing. Yeah. I wonder the same thing. Because right now, I always felt this way when I had a cold, too. Like, when you have a cold, you can't imagine ever being healthy again. Oh, yeah. It just seems like I'll never feel good again. Uh-huh, yeah. That's the way I feel right now, but I'll let you know when I find out. Which I have my phone on all the time, hoping for I was a phone just going to say, yeah, you're Although sitting so by the far, phone all the time. so far, it seems like you're better off if you call them, because yeah. the, the results might be sitting on somebody's desk. Right, right, right. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Speaking of lack of patience, listen, context is everything here. I won't bore you with the details. Everybody's got their problems. But for a couple of nights in a row, I got very, very little sleep. Too busy to take a nap. Just flat out sleep deprived and really getting a little ragged around the edges. Really edgy. Really tired. Were you hangry? Uh, no. no. I made sure I wasn't hangry going into this, which was probably what prevented disaster. So my lovely wife and I, we had to sign some papers. So we had like a notary coming to our house. You can go to the office. The office happened to be a long way away. So we had a notary come to our house, right? After that 15-minute, 20-minute deal, at 1130, I can go to sleep. 1130 comes, 1130 goes. 1140, 11.45, nobody. Call the person who has to call the person who has to call the person. Oh, my God, I thought it was noon. I'm so sorry. Look, I'm an absent-minded guy. No problem. I'm desperate for sleep. No problem. Get here when you can. So it's, you know, close to noon. I don't like strangers in my house for any reason. And strangers who make me uncomfortable in my house... I want out immediately. I don't either want strangers in my house. Yeah. I just don't want them yeah. there. Really nice lady. Really kind, good person by almost every measure, I'm sure. It's a little more uh, little more uh, perspective, a little more uh, context for you. Very, very, very chatty. Very, very loud. <laughs> Wants to know everything about our family? Wants to tell us everything about her family. You just okay. want to sign the papers, have her stamp the stamp. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Then, about halfway through the process, turns out somebody made a mistake. Pretty bad mistake. Had a name wrong. It's not legal. Can't cross it. You can't fix it. No, oh, no, 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 no. Especially not in the new regulatory environment. So, calls have to be made to various figures who may or may not be at lunch as to how to fix this thing. Okay, now, 
It's noon 45, okay? It's getting close to one, actually. I know. We've got a bunch of Syrians tuned in who are really listening to this. Well, you sit down in your rubble. You sit down and listen to me. I have it on good authority. ISIS won't be bombing for several minutes. So then, then the piece de resistance, because I'm still keeping it together. I really want to go to sleep. But you know what? It's not, you know, who am I going to yell at, right? So it becomes clear we're going to have to sit and twiddle our thumbs for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, God knows long, how long, to get a call back on this. And I debated in my mind many times as to whether I would tell this part of the story. Because in spite of my gruff exterior, I'm actually a fairly merciful human being. I'm more a hugger than a fighter. We're sitting there, and the lady says, Oh, you have a goldfish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's, it's actually 10 years old. It was a birthday wow. party goldfish. Can you go, oh, goldfish. my God. Oh, my God. So it's okay. All right. Can I feed her? Can what? I feed it? What? Yes. <laughs> what, what an odd request. And listen. There are 7 billion people on Earth. There are 7 billion people on Earth. This is one of the nice ones. Uh huh. Really? Can I feed your goldfish? She's not sawing people's heads off or anything. Judy and I look at each other. She says, or has it already eaten? Judy says, yeah, it's already eaten, really. <laughs> oh, okay. What a strange thing. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Ten seconds later. Are you, would it be okay if I just fed it a little? Can I feed it a little? <laughs> and I said... No, you know, it's really had as much as it should have. One of the reasons it's 10 years old is we don't overfeed it. <laughs> well, and that, that ruins the water. That makes the water dirty. So, okay, okay, okay. Can I go over and look at it? Honestly, I'm not, making, I'm not exaggerating 1%. Goes over, oh, my little baby. Oh, my little baby. Oh, you're so cute. And then... And then, oh, I got to a goldfish. And then, and I quote, can I feed it just a little bit? Third time. Wow. And I said, wow. I said, with even by my standards, <laughs> a pretty good tone of, if you must, go ahead. But I think you're nuts. I said, if you want to give it a little food, go ahead. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and, oh, that is hilarious. And I could actually feel my blood pressure constricting. I mean, I had heard the pounding in my temples. And it's at this point, I'm an hour and a half. I'm about two hours into a 15-minute process, and I'm desperate for some shut-eye. Oh, my God. And so finally, I said... I can't waste any more time like this. I need to go to get some work done or something. And I just fled to the other end of the house. And I said, Judy, text me. <laughs> so I actually, I went and hid so my head wouldn't twist off. And I wouldn't go berserk. Partly because, again, screaming angrily at somebody who is a nice person. Who's clearly a fan of goldfish. Oh, uh, top tier. Wow, that is... It's not civilized. I try to be a civilized man. It's my home. Plus, you know, honest to God, I have a strong personal interest in getting these damn papers signed and filed away so the government will let me live my life. 
Oh, my God. I tell you what. I've never met anybody that... If uh, we can sign these effing papers and wrap this up, I'll give you the goldfish. <laughs> you can take it home with you. Oh, my God. Are you sure you weren't on television? God, that, that is something. That's not, can I hold the baby or pet your dog or... How I want to feed your goldfish. How can I make this any more clear to you? The goldfish has had enough <laughs> food. Well, who, who, who wants to feed somebody's fish anyway? But what about just like a little bit? <laughs> but who wants? Who gets? Who gets a tremendous amount of pleasure out of feeding a goldfish anyway? Three times positive, Sean. <laughs> Three times. Just like I a mean, little bit. Like doesn't need a snack. <laughs> if they if they have been trying to sell me aluminum siding, we'd have been fighting. After twice, I say, I don't want any. Get off my porch. If that third one came, I'm coming over the threshold. That's it! That's it! <laughs> Good God. That is so... So listen. Random. If this sounds uh, familiar to you, you, you know this woman, you know who I'm talking about. Again, did I mention? Really nice gal. Mm-hmm. If you know her, buy her a goddamn goldfish, would you please? She needs her own. Yeah, and get she her should, several. And she should take it with her everywhere she goes. Oh. God, get her some sort of glass briefcase she can carry around with the goldfish in Or it. she feeds them all day long, so they're belly up by the end of the day. Maybe that's it. She's never kept one for more than a week because she kills them. <laughs> Why don't you to feed it a little more, honey? Don't! What an interesting fascination to oh, have. Oh, God. Wow. You think you've heard of all kinds of people. <laughs> Talking to the goldfish. <laughs> Did you watch to make sure she only fed her just a little bit, or... No, no, Michael. Oh, I was so ticking like a time bomb. I couldn't even. And and listen, again, this is a guy who, if John the Baptist came into my home to pray for me, I would think, well, I hope this is over soon. I'd really like you to hit the road. <laughs> I mean, oh, God. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Peter King, who's with Sports Illustrated. In just a few minutes, he's at the Super Bowl. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk to him about, but we'll talk to him about something. Peter King, who often goes by... John King? Oh, I'm sorry, John King. Sorry. It says Peter there and John there, which is right. John King, sorry. All right, no sweat. Hello, Mr. King. <laughs> now, I wish we had time to take calls from, from women. Do you care if your husband goes to a strip club? Well, that might be interesting. That's a good question. You 20- either, my experience is you don't, either don't care at all or you care a great deal. 1-866-331-TALK. 1-866-331-TALK. My wife's dad was in the strip club business. She often bartended at the strip club, so she's familiar with the lifestyle and yeah. Not uh you know, not it's not as it's not the mystery that it is for a lot of women. Yeah, I think my wife's cool. I've mentioned a couple of times, yeah, we ended up there. She doesn't seem to care. I mean, I'm faithful to her and she knows it. I don't particularly enjoy it. So, because it's like Going to a restaurant and, and smelling yeah, just, all the food and walking out again. Yeah, I just, I don't, yeah, I, I find it like the last thing I would want to do, actually. Turns out it's Peter King. Peter King. Good job, Scott. <laughs> Hi, Christine. You're on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hi, what do you think about this story about the uh, FBI background checks for strippers? Well, I mean, I, I do find it a little interesting, and I, I want to just say for the record that I used to be an exotic dancer. I'm no longer. Um, you know, what, what I found from working in, in that field um, is that a majority of the, the girls that I, that I, you know, worked with, they, they don't really have uh, the most um, pure backgrounds. Really? A lot of them have misdemeanor, felony charges for drugs. I, I, I found a few, yeah, prostitution. Um, a lot of them, you know, violence. 
kind of like, you know, getting in a fight with a boyfriend. Some of them had their own restraining orders against their, you know, their boyfriend but, had restraining orders Okay, well, you know, the interesting thing to me, though, is as far as I can tell, this new city requirement is just to get an FBI background check. There's no, like, list of things that if you, they find in your background that then disqualifies you from being a stripper. Or at least they didn't bring it up at the meeting. Yeah, but, okay, here's, I guess the point I, I'm trying to make is that I think what they might be doing is some of these girls are not, they're not so sophisticated as far as cognitively. Really? So it's kind of like if you find out, oh, God, if you want to be a stripper, you got to do this. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. Mm. So then it's a matter of time. They give you like, because I, I used to work in government. So when it comes to background checks, they, they do. Which are you more checks. ashamed of? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's sort of like a vacillation between, I don't know. Um, uh, we, the, the background checks, you know, these girls might be intimidated by that process right. because they, don't, they have to deal with their past in the first place. And then, and then some of them do these, this type of work because they don't think that there's anything else they can do. And How now much money did you make when you were stripping? Oh, I made, I made good money. I worked in San Francisco. Um, I, I made probably sometimes like $500 a night. That's and good I didn't money. Do it. And I didn't do anything um, that was, uh, you know, a, a penal code violation. You know, I, right. I, You're just dancing around to, to, to rock music. How, oh, yeah. What was your stage name? My st- well, I don't want to say that. But, oh, come uh, on. <laughs> no, I don't want to say that. Right. It, it was so, it was Yasmin. Kitty Laboom. Why did you get out of the business? Well, I was actually. Gravity. I, really tr- I truly was doing it to go to school. I was supplementing income to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. There's only about three percent of girls who actually do that. A lot of them. That's what they want to do. Friend of mine. Listen, Pardon? I hope I won't get in trouble for saying this because only people who know know what I'm talking about. But a friend of mine's sister stripped her way through medical school. Yeah, you know, and I can I can understand if you were were blessed by God with the kind of body that men would pay to see, and I was. That's pretty easy work, you know. Now the people that go further and you start getting into prostitution, you're going to the back room. I mean, that's a whole different world. And uh, sure, sure. See, because like I would say that there was about three percent of the girls there that were going to school concurrently while doing that. The the other what is that ninety seven percent? And you know that's <laughs> yes. that's a loose that's a loose figure, but. Uh, that's their life, and they're actually wanting to possibly do um, pornos or actually give well, themselves permission to do prostitution. Right, that's okay. a completely All different right. thing. Yeah, sure. I, I'm not sure what that has to do with Sex City Council, but hey, thanks for the call. I think Christine slash Yasmin. Hey, call again sometime, all right? Yeah, it was nice talking to you. It's always good. It's always good to get the inside scoop from somebody. Although the stuff about some of these women have troubled backgrounds or aren't that sharp was not a, you know. Didn't slap me in the face, the reality of that. Hey, Joe, you're on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Oh, well, I I met my wife at a strip club in San Francisco. she a dancer or a... uh, She was a dancer. She was the hottest dancer in the club. You're the one in a 10 million guy that think that's going to happen. I know. Hey, listen, I met her, and we, we we weren't apart... From the first night I met her, you're hot looking and rich, aren't you? No, man, I'm 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 uh, I was uh, I'm starting a new business just last few months ago. So she stuck with me while I, I got the upstart. There wasn't a lot of dough. Oh, interesting! But uh, she's an absolutely stunningly beautiful woman. All right, cut it out. We heard you that. the first time. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> she was. I mean, wow! And I'll tell you, she pulled in money. She was pulling. She could pull in fifteen hundred. How long? Dollars. Something. How How long had you been going to strip clubs, or how many How many strippers had you hit on before you struck on the one that actually was single and interested in you? 
<laughs> well, you know what? She wasn't the first stripper I dated. I had actually been married seven years, so I hadn't gone to a strip club after I got divorced. I was down a few years. And you wear? I, I'm I, gonna get you wear white snakeskin boots and drive a Corvette. I do not. Okay. I do not. I'm bald. I'm six foot four. I'm forty two, and uh, uh, the first night I went to one in years. I went to San Francisco, bopped around, had a few drinks in me, and come on, what do you drive? T top Trans Am. Pardon? What do you drive? Suburban. All right, hey Joe, thanks for the call, yeah, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah. And well done. I hear your wife's hot. See, that was a that was an awful phone call for the guys out there that regularly go to strip clubs oh, yeah. who've ever even thought in the back of their head that you know she might actually be interested in me. She smiles at me all the time. I think she treats me better than she treats the other clients. I don't think it's just about the money I give her. Couple more years, couple more thousand dollars. Those poor saps are going to bleed based on that telephone call. That guy may have been the owner of a strip club, right? Who called to yeah. say that? This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Wow! Boy, you can't see this if you're listening to the radio, but Scott's crawling like a cat across the floor. Yeah, a couple of All times, music plays. A couple of times in my life, I've been to a strip club. They play this song, and that's why I'm going to make them spin in opposite directions right now. <laughs> Look at that! I'm blind. I'm blind. My eyes. 9.50, 10 before 10 o'clock, because the Sacramento City Council is looking out for you. They have finally, after an outcry from the public, they are now going to require an FBI background check of Sac City strippers. Why? Cross-checking against the terrorist watch list, I assume. Why? We don't know. We're not exactly sure. one talk Who knew there was a strip club in Sacramento City? Hey, Daniel, talk to us. What's on? What's on your mind? Yeah, actually, I had a, um, I have a girlfriend who used to be a stripper, and uh, a lot of these girls, they are from out of state, and they are what uh, they are what is called mules, or for services or drugs, they don't they don't live in the state of California, and they come for a couple months, and then they bounce right back out to their state, and um, you know, along with profits from illicit drugs or services. So are they actually, like, selling individual amounts of drugs, or are they bringing in a large amount just, to, uh, you oh, know, they're yeah, just they're, carrying they it for in, someone? They come in basically ready, ready to sell and distribute and then leave. Now, are you saying a lot of strippers do this? No, not not, not necessarily a lot, but often, I, I bet you if you were to go into, say, a strip club, um, I don't know, maybe City Limits or... Uh, one of the other ones on the outskirts. Allegedly. A lot of these girls are not from from Sacramento. You could okay. probably get a sixty forty number. All right, all right. Appreciate it, Daniel. Uh, let's let's check this against a current stripper. I don't know if we can, you know, trust her testimony, but we'll see. Monique, you can trust me. I've talked to you guys so many oh, times yeah, Monique, the last few put, years. How put you your doing? left hand on an Arbitron diary and raise your right hand. We haven't talked to you forever, Monique. How are things going? Things are going well. I watch you guys. Almost all the time, except for the nights that I have to go to work and then I'm sleeping. But I love you guys still, so don't worry about it. Are I'm you still here. you still taking off your clothes for horny, desperate men? Yep. And that guy just the the guy who you just talked to is full of crap. That's not forty percent of girls from out of town. I've never heard the word mule use for girls and drugs. While they are around, they're not rampant. So he's full of garbage. Well, and it depends what club you're in. Right. Well, I worked at. 
city limits, and I've worked at Gold Club Centerfolds. I, I've been in the business for 10 years here locally in Sacramento, so I know what I'm talking about. But there are different levels of strip clubs, just like the, you know you can go to the, there, there's a Denny's and then there's Morton's of Chicago. There's the same way as strip clubs, right? Speaking of different levels of strippers, the guy who called who said that he married his wife and she makes fifteen hundred to $3,000 in San Francisco, that's a completely backdoor level stripper. I know for a fact, because I have friends who work at Mitchell Brothers and who work at some of the Broadway area clubs, that if you're making that much money, you are not a stripper. You're turning tricks. You're a whore. <laughs> oh, yeah! We don't get enough women come on the show calling other men's wives whores. <laughs> hey, I, I apologize, but I'm going to call it how I see it. I know that you don't make that much money being just a dancer or just a uh, lap dancer or doing the stuff that Sacramento allows done. In San Francisco, they really promote the prostitution in those clubs. All right, 10 years. Congratulations. It's like the NFL. A four-year career is the average. Monique, hang on. We've got a special surprise for you here. This may remind some of y'all of the Tom McClintock-Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. On the line is Camille, who wants to claim what, Camille? I worked with Monique at City Limits, and half of the people that she hung out with were selling drugs, prostituting, going home with um, customers after the club. So I don't know if she's just trying to, I don't know what she's trying to do, basically. Yeah, what's this? All right, how do you reply to that, Monique? Um, first off, I don't know. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I don't even know who this girl Camille is, and I, she might have me confused with another Monique, but I've been working over at Gold Club Centerfolds for over a year and a half. Monique's a fairly common stripper name, I think. But Camille, I would, yeah. Camille no, are I, you sure it's the right Monique? I'm absolutely sure. Ask her about the beads. Is she the beads chick? <laughs> are you the beads chick? I am the beads chick. Yes! yes. What does that mean? That I use she, does, she does a little trick with beads. It's cool, I guess. I have, I'll bet. I have like a, she uh, macrames one of those plant hangers? Exactly. No, I have a string of pearls we that can I wear on guess. stage, and I, and I use them we, as a prop. We stop! I get it. Stop. So I don't know. I think, your... I, think, I think Monique might have a little bit of selective selective memory going on. So, it's, so what you, you, now you're a stripper also? No, I, I used to be, and um, I was going to school at the time. I, I, also, I also had a full-time job. All right, hang on a second. How long ago Meanwhile, was Joe is calling back. Joe, is your wife a whore? That's, you know, that's such bull... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, I'll tell you what she is. She's beautiful. Oh, it takes more than beauty. No. you, too. It I've takes more than beauty to make $3,000. Just don't swear. Don't hey, swear. I would go in and watch her, and I would see guys drop eight hundred to a thousand dollars in a night just to hang out, drink champagne, and have chocolate uh, strawberries with her. It well, takes more than beauty to make three yeah, grand in San Francisco. Maybe for you it does. No, I'm a beautiful no, girl. No, maybe for you it does. No, this woman, I, I watched it in my own eyes. Yeah. Okay. Hell, she drained me eight hundred bucks the first night I met her. You're a sucker. That's why. <laughs> Hey, yeah. We're all suckers, man. Oh, yeah. Some more than others. You me? You're, you're, believe me, you're a sucker, too, and you know it. Um, how, how is oh, that? You know you're a sucker. No, I've been in the business. Oh, yeah, I've worked it are. for 10 years. I'm continuing on with it for at least another 10 years. I'm not a sucker. All of a sudden, Cancel we're... the commercials. How did we become the Jerry Springer show? <laughs> I don't know, but this is pretty fun. But I'd like to know what Camille's stage name is, because I don't know Camille. Yeah, Camille, come on, come forward. You can't say those it? sorts of things and keep it a secret. Camille is my stage name. I don't know. Answer the question. 
I worked there for a year. I was actually one of the only African-American girls that worked there. Mm. And there's only one thing we can do here. Scott's going to get a tub of Jello. You both come in tomorrow, <laughs> and you fight about it. Joe, have your wife stop by. Just a second. Just a second. Let, let me ask Camille something. Do you, do, are you accusing me of doing drugs? Because you no, said no, no. I hang out with people who do drugs, and I don't do drugs. Not at all. That's not what I'm saying. I was right. saying You were saying that a lot of the girls that work there are not involved in that kind of activity. No, what I said was the guy before said that women... Well, right, okay, uh, you know, we all heard it, and I think... I think it's not true. I think you all are, are starting to understand what the other was actually saying, and, and we're all calmed down a little bit, and I think if, right. if you two were to just kiss... <laughs> Now, Every, I know who everything I'm would be now. all right. I know who I'm talking to now, but she did misunderstand me. Okay. What the guy before me said was that women from out of state are mules bringing in a lot of drugs and a lot of contraband. Oh, I see. And, and that's, that's not, not true. true. All right, hey, ladies, thank you so much. I'm sorry we're out of time, but it's good of you both to take a minute. We've got to take a quick break, unfortunately, but... Uh... Yeah, that's clearly the highlight was when Monique called that guy's wife a whore. I mean, that's just... It's good stuff. 